Hello everybody and welcome to episode 29 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And I am Dan Alika. I am Auto Trader's road test editor. And before we kick off this episode, I do just want to take a quick second uh, to dedicate it to the memory of my uncle, Bill Mallet. Uh, he was a great man. He passed away recently. Uh, he was a firefighter for 40 years. He was born in Guernsey in the Channel Islands during the Nazi occupation, uh, moved to Hamilton when he was a kid, served in the Canadian Navy, was a firefighter in Hamilton for 40 years. He's literally one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life, meant a lot to me, was more of a grandfather to me than, than an uncle. And, uh, you know, and with us talking about kind of rules of the road today uh, really made me think of his career as a firefighter and, you know, how important it is to make sure that we're doing our part as members of the public to keep them safe while they're keeping all of us safe. So I just wanted to give him that little shout out. What a great man. Yeah, he really was. Leaving a great legacy. Yeah, he was a really good dude. Yeah, so he's going to be missed. But anyways, we can get to the, the heart of the episode, which is unforgotten uh, no, or un- you've messed it up. Oh. Unwritten, Unwritten and forgotten, and forgotten rules. rules of there the road. you go. Yeah. Um, and so we've done uh, an episode before where we primarily talked about like road rage rants, like things that just made up r- us really upset. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on recently, but it seems like people's driving has gotten worse. If that was even possible, it's gotten worse. I feel like phone use definitely either got worse or more noticeable during the pandemic. I don't know if it was just because there were, you know, less traffic on the road meant the people using their phones stood out more, but I felt like it was more that people were using their phones more. A lot of the whole, like, you know, holding it up with, uh, like, on speakerphone as as their version of hands-free, literally with their phones in their hands. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Um, um, but instead of just being really grumpy about it, we decided to turn it into something a bit more useful where yeah. we would talk about all of these rules that either, you know, these are rules that you won't necessarily read in a handbook. They're not, like, things that are legally or l- legally binding or yeah. anything like that. But They're we not- should start with the legally binding one sure. and, you know, touched on it. Um Stopping for emergency vehicles, I do notice that more kind of in city centers, uh, in Toronto especially, you see it. But guys, just remember, like, you do have to stop. Do your best to pull over. If you cannot actually get over to the curbside lane, just stop where you are. It's much easier for an emergency vehicle to work around a stationary vehicle than you keep driving to try to get out of its way. So if you can't actually move out of the way... You know, just stay where you are, let that ambulance or fire truck or police car use the left turn lane to get through the intersection. And also keep in mind that unless you are on a divided highway, it does not matter what direction you're traveling versus that emergency vehicle, you absolutely have to stop. And last year I had that that lady who lost it on me because we were at an intersection. It was not a divided highway. I was first in line. There was an ambulance heading north. We were heading south. So I stopped. I waited for the ambulance to clear the intersection just in case it wanted to turn left. Because you never know. You never know. You can't, A, if they don't use their signal, big deal. They've got bigger things to worry about. But also because the lights are flashing, you don't know if they're using their signal or not. So stop. So that's what I did. I stopped where I was. And this lady laid on her horn and did one of those like, 
gear grinding, like where she just held down the horn for like two minutes. Who is that helping? And then she started, she pulled up beside me at the next light and started yelling at me. And I'm like, but I'm doing the right thing. Your impatience is not the right thing. So was she trying to tell you that you were supposed to go yeah. through the intersection? She said it doesn't matter. He was in the other lane. No, and that I was that, like, that's but not. See, that's something you do learn in driver's ed. And yeah. I'm so surprised that so many people have forgotten that. Yeah. That's happened to me before, too, where I see uh, like some sirens coming from the opposite end. And even if I'm going the opposing way, I still pull over because that's yeah. the right thing to do. You don't know where that emergency vehicle is It could be that going. driveway right next to where you're, yeah. where you're sitting. And if you keep going, you know, you could end up either blocking the driveway or crashing into them or whatever the case may be. So just remember, stop. And it's an inconvenience to you for two seconds. And if it was your family member that was on the other end that was waiting for that ambulance or fire truck to show up, you would want everyone to clear a path. Yeah. So just stay out of the way somebody's life could be at stake, Absolutely. right? And and you have to remember that every time there's an emergency vehicle is that somebody at the other end could really, really use those extra seconds. Yeah. So you got to give it to them where like whenever you can and yes. all the time, in fact. Yes. Um, because that is also something that could get you in trouble if there was a police officer watching yeah. and they and you didn't stop, you can get a serious ticket for that. Yeah. So beyond being illegal, it's also just not the nicest thing to do. <laughs> As a little bit of a follow-up, also make sure that if there's an emergency vehicle stopped on the side of the road, like on the highway, mm. move over. Slow down if, there, if the lane beside you is, is occupied slow down, move over. Not only is it the courteous thing to do, but again, it's legally you have to do that. That also includes tow trucks. Although I will say we can kind of turn it around. Tow truck drivers drive like absolute maniacs, especially in the GTA. And they do deserve the same courtesy that we give to emergency to, to first responders. But that also means that all the times that I see them blasting through red lights, cutting people off to get to those scenes because they're they're not first responders. Yes, they're usually first on scene, but they don't have the equipment to deal with things. They're doing it because they want to get there first. Yeah. And they need to respect the rules of the road. It's like a territorial thing Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we need to give, as members of the public, we need to respect first responders, emergency vehicles, and tow trucks, but also tow truck drivers need to respect the rules of the road. Absolutely. It should go both ways yes. for sure. Um, that's why it also kind of annoys me when I when I see police officers do, doing bad things that aren't. Yeah. Not Remember, I to told do? you about that one time I was on the QEW and it was pouring rain and it was really foggy, and there was an OPP officer in front of me driving with his lights off, and I was like, man, like lead by example here. That's so like, dangerous. It was you could not see the car at all. Like I just don't understand. Like you know that whatever. I mean that's just pretty basic but also when you're driving a marked police vehicle like you have you know there's more of a spotlight on you so your mistakes are going to be kind of amplified Absolutely. Uh, so anyways um the other one that i see a lot is that people seem to have forgotten who has the right of way oh remember so, last summer oh my god so just to like t to tee this up a little bit um, typically, you know, the person turning right has the right of way. The person on a main road typically has the right of way. Um, but what happens when, for example, there's somebody going straight and someone who's going left? Okay, so this is the, the scenario that played out with myself. We were recording uh, one of our video reviews that you can check out on the Auto Trader Canada YouTube channel. And we were driving. Will Johnson, video producer extraordinaire, was in the back seat monitoring the audio. We got to an intersection. 
North-south traffic was free-flowing. There was no light or, or traffic sign. East-west traffic had stop signs. We were traveling east. There was a motorcycle on the other side of the intersection with his signal on, turning left to go south. Mm -hmm. So he was heading west, wanted to go south. Traffic cleared. He had arrived at the intersection first. Traffic cleared, and I started to slowly accelerate, but I had a feeling... This guy doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. And sure enough, he tried to go and then started screaming at me, telling me that he was there first. That does not give you the right of way. And this is one of those very, it's its misunderstood, uh, very common that people don't understand this scenario, but treat it like a traffic light. If you got to a light, unless there's an advanced green, the, the traffic coming through the intersection has the right of way. So even if you get to a stop sign and the person gets there after you, but they are going straight, they have the right of way if you were making a left. That is just a basic rule that applies, I'm pretty sure, throughout Canada, absolutely here in Ontario. It's the way it works. And I think a lot of people have forgotten or maybe just don't even know that one. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that it's such a specific case. That's not necessarily something you would read in a driver's ed handbook or something. Yeah. So I always like to remind people because... It's, it's so important because if you're not following these rules, we open up the possibilities of more collisions. Yeah. And because he's a motorcyclist, he should be even more hyper aware of these rules because he's so much yes. more vulnerable. And that's why I proceeded like very slowly because I had that feeling yeah. that he was going to try to make this left. And it was just like the wrong approach. We didn't come close to contact or anything like that. He was all fired up and rightfully so because he is a vulnerable road user and felt you know, that he was at risk, but also, so I said to him, cause it was a nice day. So we had the windows down. He was obviously on a motorcycle. So when he started yelling at me, I just said like, Google it, man. Like I would have loved to be there when While he, he went, read it? oh man, like that, that dashingly handsome fellow in that car was right. I did have to stop and let him go. Could you imagine if that's how most traffic interactions went? Be amazing. If people were like, wow, man, you're right. I'm sorry. I had a guy <laughs> once. I had a guy once in a Tacoma, we were, we were driving north on a two lane road and he like cut me off, no signal, just like right in front of me. So I don't, you know, lay on my horn, whatever, but I gave him like a quick little, you know, beep mm -hmm. of the horn. And then he moved back into the right lane and slowed down. So I was like, oh, here we go. This guy's gonna, you know, get into it with me. And he unrolled his window and was like, dude, I am so sorry. I didn't even see you there. He's like, I haven't had my morning coffee yet. And I'm so, so, wow. and, and I was like, this you were is ready to nicest. like, <laughs> no, I was like, oh man, like all I, you know, cause to me, that's like, you give somebody a, you know, a little flick of the high beams or a, or a honk yeah. of the horn as like a, Hey man, like, you know, that was a close call. I mean, yeah. I mean, people get so offended. Conversely, I had a similar thing happen to me where this guy was drifting into my lane and we were on the highway. So like we were going pretty fast. So he kept drifting in and out of my lane. I let it slide a couple times, but the last time he got a little bit too close for comfort. So I gave him a little like beep, beep. I, I didn't lay on my horn. Yeah. I wasn't rude about it. I was like, well, maybe he's like feeling sleepy or something. So I gave him a beep, beep. And then he flips me the bird. Because I was trying to help him because he was coming into my lane. Yeah. And if we got into a collision, it would have been his fault. Yeah. So why was he the one giving me the finger? I feel like I this is obviously like completely unsupported. It's just my, you know, <laughs> speculation. But I feel like there's a 
like a territorial thing when when people like are are in their vehicles just like at home right you feel very protective of right. your house people you know oh who's that driving outside at night who's walking across my lawn like that same sort of territorial you know approach yeah. applies to people in their cars for some reason i don't think it's a conscious effort i think that's why people get so defensive and offended by kind of normal interactions but, but it's okay if you make a mistake honestly yeah. people make mistakes driving all the time i do it everyone makes mistakes it's okay to own up to your mistakes. People don't like to do that. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's really nuts. Um, yeah, anyway, um, while we were on the subject of motorcyclists, I yeah. wanted to talk about lane splitting for a little bit because in Ontario, and I think in all of Canada right now, it is illegal to yeah. lane split. And that means when a motorcyclist is driving in between cars, right? Yeah. In places like California, it, you're allowed to do that. But... You're also only in California, I believe the rule is that you're only allowed to do it as traffic slows down. Right. So if, you know, if there's some gridlock and everybody's slowing down, you can do it. Um, but you're not supposed to do it at like cruising speed. Right. But people in California do it at cruising yeah, speed Yeah, so I've seen a lot of motorcyclists in and around Ontario in the GTA. Oh, yeah. Full highway speed, like yeah. bl ripping in between yeah. lanes. And I just can't understand why you would put yourself in so much danger yeah. because in Ontario drivers and motorists aren't used to seeing that and you you know as well as anyone else that people make erratic lane changes without yeah. signaling all the time and believe it or not it's not just BMW drivers <laughs> <laughs> although they're they're the ones who are usually doing it probably the worst yeah, yeah. Um, Milan I hope Milan were so a guy that we work with he's a director of B2B marketing uh, he drives a BMW very proudly, and we pester him about signal use as often as but possible. But he knows. He knows. He's, yeah. like, extra vigilant to be on top. So That's he one of those stereotypes that you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah. Hate to hate to break it to you, BMW drivers. Although now I find it's a lot of Tesla people, too. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but a lot of Tesla drivers I've seen around have not been using their signals, so maybe Tesla is the new BMW. Um, but speaking of Tesla drivers, yes. this one's going to get me into trouble too. So you know in our office building how there's like four EV charging spots, right? Yes. I was driving a plug-in hybrid and I wanted to charge it so that it would be at 100% when I went to shoot my video the next day. What 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 vehicle were you driving? I was driving a BMW XM. Did you use your signals? Of course I did because okay, just I'm checking. a responsible motorist. Just checking. Just checking. I, I parked nicely. Um, you know, tip the car, the, the valet guy, I d you know, all the nice stuff. Wow. Um, but my problem with the Tesla drivers is that every time I want to use these chargers, there are Teslas parked there who are not charging. Yeah. And so this is one of those rules that, you know, you don't read this in a handbook, but you're only supposed to use the charging spots if you are plugged in and yeah. charging. You can't just use those spots if you're an EV just because you're entitled to it because you're not. Yes. That also, there was one time uh, recently at Sherway Gardens, which for those of you not from the GTA, it's a mall in Etobicoke in the West End of Toronto. There, There's a bank of Tesla superchargers there. Uh, and then there's one DC fast charger that's kind of universal uh, and and two, I think, two level two chargers. Anyways, I went to plug in there a while ago and this Tesla driver pulled in to the spot 
And I was like, but look, man, there's there was two, like two other, myself and another EV that were trying to get to these spots. And this Tesla guy took the, one of the spots. And I'm like, you have a whole bank of chargers. There's like and this is the of only them. one that I can use. And you are taking this charger. And you know what really bothers me about that? is that Tesla people, Tesla drivers are always bragging about how awesome Tesla's supercharging network is. And it's true. The yep. network is amazing. So yep. why aren't you using so it? use it, bro. <laughs> That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with, with EV people parking in EV spots that are not charging. Yeah, it's true. That to me is just so rude. But that also means like for, for you non-EV drivers, like if you're driving a gas-powered car or a hybrid or whatever, those spots aren't for you. And I see that all the time. It's called icing someone out because you drive an internal combustion engine vehicle, uh, parking in those spots that are designated for chargers. That's not cool. Yeah, because someone might be really needing that charge. Yeah. Like they might be down to their last 5% and they won't be able to get home if they can't charge. Yeah. So you really have to, you know, be courteous and leave those chargers for the people who really need them. Yeah. Um, but let's get why back those to... Tesla drivers in our office building make me so upset. I mean, yeah. But let's, let's get back to like actual legal, like, for example, um, using on-ramp lanes <gasps> to get ahead of slower traffic totally illegal so bad like for not only is it just rude it's and i so i was driving down the qew this this past weekend and it's one of those domino effects right as soon as one person does it everyone else does it everybody else does it and this lady same sort of thing that you're saying this lady did it and then cut in front of me so i flashed my high beams and then she gave me the finger and i'm like hold on i i watched her do it at the previous like the on-ramp before she did it and then the one that we just so she's got a to serial so she skipper. was just doing it and so i just like flicked my high beams to i still let her in but i like flicked my high beams to be like hey like i saw what you did and she gave me the finger and i'm like that's so rude wow. because that person it's legal to do that yeah. let's just put let's yeah. let's say that right now it's illegal to do that but it's also rude yeah. what do you actually benefit okay you get three car lengths ahead great job it you just pissed makes off you look everyone really else. entitled. Like we've all got places to go. Traffic is inconveniencing all of us. Why do you deserve? Yeah. You know that that special pass. Yeah. To, to but use? I I saw um, like an instant karma thing happen the other day where it was another Tesla driver just saying trying to do that. But you they mean didn't a former see... BMW owner. <laughs> but they they were trying to cut ahead. They didn't see that there was a police officer approaching. So that police officer put the lights on, stopped the Tesla, didn't give them a ticket, but did warn them that what they were doing was illegal. Good. And More hopefully of that needs they, to they turn they they learn their lesson and won't do it again. Also another one that's, you know, along the same lines, um, HOV lanes and people either using them to pass or crossing the the markings that literally say do not cross. Yeah. And it's just once again, it's like the the impatience and the ignorance that you have to have to be like oh i'm just gonna do this like you would not do that if it was a a solid yellow line like that's how you need to be treating well, it some people i've seen some people do it the other day there was this like crazy clapped out honda civic just going bananas like like he was in a race car or something just darting in and out he was in the left lane he was using the shoulder to pass people in the left lane who were already going like 130 140. that's crazy I just thought that was so dangerous. Not only is it dangerous, it is illegal. And it is illegal because it is dangerous. I saw so a tow truck do that up. not that long ago. There was like a crash further up Lakeshore and he drove like 
right at oncoming traffic because we were at a light and the light turned green and we just started rolling, but he wanted to get to that crash. And the best part is it wasn't even a crash. It was somebody with a flat tire. And I was like, cool, man. So you put all these road users at risk just to get to a non-call that they ended up saying like, I'm just going to change my flat tire on my own. That's that's so dangerous. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What's oh, another one? Blo- okay. So you have a note here about blocking live lanes of traffic, which is true. So like no stopping zones. But I also want to point out the one I've talked to you about. I don't know if I mentioned it on that last episode of the podcast, but where I live, it's there's a left turn lane to get like a dedicated left turn lane to get onto the side street. And then directly across the road is a Starbucks. Now, this is a left turn lane for when you're traveling east and you turn left to go north. This Starbucks is on the south side of the road. Every single day, people use that left turn lane to get into the Starbucks parking lot. That is a live lane of traffic. It doesn't matter if you're like, oh, I was just trying to get out of the way of the people behind me. Mm -hmm. You're still obstructing a live lane of traffic that's moving in the opposite direction of travel. Not cool. Yeah. I feel like a, there's a lot of Starbucks and like Tim Hortons out there that are just so poorly planned. Oh my God. That their drive-through traffic ends. And this isn't like really a problem for us, but the drive-through traffic always bleeds onto the live roads. Yes. And then it means that people are waiting in line yeah. in live traffic. It's also, I'm sorry, this was really bad. When I lived in Grand Prairie, Alberta, uh, worked at the Daily Herald Tribune, shout out to the DHT. Uh, we were right down the street from a Tim Hortons and we would wander down there sometimes. Coffee's terrible, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, the lineup in the wintertime of like in the drive through I remember times where it would be literally around the block. Like that level of laziness is absurd to me. It doesn't make sense because if you were just to drive in and park your car, you could get your coffee and leave and everyone else is still waiting in line. It's mind-bending. So the parking lot time. would be empty. And I see that here too. This isn't just because it was in Grand Prairie and it was cold. Right. I see it here all the time. It's like if you are that lazy, like just don't you don't you don't deserve that coffee. That, coffee? that coffee's awful. Why I would not wait more than like a minute for terrible coffee even if I was on a road trip or something like that. That coffee is somebody described it once as um like boiling water that had a brown crayon dipped into it and <laughs> I was like that's pretty accurate. I mean, I I don't I'm not a huge fan of Tim Hortons. Yeah. I don't think the food tastes good and the coffee's not good, so I only eat there if I'm like really really desperate. Um, but yeah, anyway, we've, we've, uh, took a detour here. Yes. Um, I did want to talk about another illegal shortcut thing okay. that I've been seeing a lot. So Please kind do. of in the same vein of, uh, people using the on-ramp to pass people. Yeah. There was this viral video from the 401 in Toronto the other week, and it was showing people, it was gridlock traffic and it was showing people off-roading from the hills that separate the highway yeah. to get from one side to the so other side. For those of you who don't know uh, what Jody's talking about, to, to try to give you like a visual. It's hard to explain. So basically the express and the collector lanes are separated by, you know, let's say like a 30 meter wide patch of grass. Uh, and there's a little service road 
that the utility trucks use to access the light standards so they can replace the the lights and stuff. And you see tow trucks use them. Again, going back to tow trucks, they'll use them to bypass traffic and to get to crash sites and stuff like that. And so people have started using these. They're not proper roads. They're literally just two ruts in the grass like a dirt track. But people will use them to get from like the collectors to the express or vice versa because traffic is slowed down on the side of the road that they're on. That is illegal. It's dangerous. It's dumb. It's selfish. You can it's, get a ticket for it. Yeah, like it's, it's just all the bad. Things. And what 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 if you got stuck? How would you explain yourself to oh, a police I would officer? Laugh so hard. I've seen like Priuses and stuff do that little shortcut, and yeah. I kind of secretly hope that one time they'll get stuck. I don't even hope it happens one time. <laughs> I hope it happens every time. Oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just there's so many of these things that we see that we could talk about. Um, if if you've seen anything crazy, or if there's like some un like a unwritten or forgotten road rule that you want to share with us, please email us at expert at trader.ca. If you think we were wrong, let us know and let us know why. Yeah. Um, I would be curious to know if somebody's got some justification of, of like why. Of why they use the on-ramp to pass people. Yeah. Or like why, you know, that whole left, left turn, um, like giving right of way to, to through traffic, anything like that. Anyways, let us know. I mean, we can make mistakes, but I'm pretty sure like, not these things. No. These are, I, I, I'm very confident in my. Yeah. I mean, and you also take this stuff so seriously. Like I know road safety is something that you are very passionate about because of your awesome uncle. Yeah. And just in general, right. I mean, you know, I'm on the road enough. Um, Cars are safer now than they've ever been, but you still see some, some terrible, you know, consequences of these crashes. When I worked in Grand Prairie, um, part of the job, unfortunately, was going to, to collision sites. Um, and you know, just same thing. It's not always intentional. It's not necessarily reckless. It's just like, you know, there are rules for a reason. Signals exist for a reason. Mm -hmm. I said that to a guy once, like he, we, he was changed lanes without signaling, turned, whatever. We ended up beside each other. And so I was like, man, that thing looks pretty new. I don't remember what it was. It was probably a BMW. I said, that thing looks pretty new. And he goes, oh yeah, it's a, you know, I just got it. And I was like, it's crazy. I didn't know signals were still optional on new cars and he was so offended but it's like dude use your signals like that's something that is so basic to me we, we can't predict you know like i don't know what your plan is and and i've said this in in that kind of rant uh episode we did a while ago but uh, it bears repeating last thing i'll say about it is just like you know creating a good habit do it in parking lots because if you do it when no one's around then that means when everyone's around, you're just going to naturally yeah. do it. Use your signals. I kind of think that that's not the reason people aren't using them. I feel like people just aren't using them because they're lazy. Oh, 100%. But I'm saying like you should do it because I'm not a mind reader. Yeah. And I don't know what your plan is. If it's if it's to make a left, if it's to change lanes, whatever the case may be, just use your signal. It takes no time. All vehicles have them. And yeah. if you use them, everyone else is going to appreciate it. Yeah, so here's here's how I want to end this segment is okay. when you're driving, please be courteous to other people. Yes. Think about safety, your yes. own safety and other people's safety. You know, if you make a mistake, just own up to your mistake. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Um, and then, like, you know, maybe pick up the driver's ed manual and refresh yourself on what the rules are. 
because besides saving yourself from a potentially expensive ticket, you're just going to be safer if you know these rules because they exist for a reason. Whether or not you agree with them doesn't matter. They exist for a reason. Yes. And before we do our Ask an Expert segment, here is a message from our overlords. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. So today's Ask an Expert question comes from George from Ajax. Hello, George. He writes, hi, I don't have a question. Oh. I just want to say that I really like your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks, George. Thank you so much, George. I hope my bosses are listening. <laughs> That's so nice. I mean, we love doing this. Um, you know, Jody and I have the luxury of being friends uh, as well as colleagues. This is a lot of fun. We like you know, being able to provide some help and advice and, and some anecdotes and hope to, to make you guys feel like you learned something or, or at least had some fun listening. And, and so, yeah, we appreciate it, George. And, and, uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much, George. I love getting messages like that because it really gives me the fuel I need to keep going, right? Do you feel right? chuffed? Yeah, I feel chuffed about that comment. Jody loves to use the term chuffed. It's very British. It's very British. I like it. You're, you're, she gets chuffed up by it for sure. <laughs> um, our next question comes from Mickey. Hello, Mickey. With recent new car prices with many brands that were previously in a lower price range, such as Kia and Hyundai, which are now approaching Mercedes or BMW, would these now be considered luxury brands? Many also have a lot of the same options. What's your take on this? Great question. That is a good question, and I get the, the kind of sentiment of it, but, I mean, you do have to look at it from, you know, an apples-to-apples comparison like price wise yeah maybe there's some some similarity although if you look at like i don't know even a a kia telluride the most expensive one is about 65 grand mm -hmm. i think a comparable three row mercedes is going to cost you quite Six a figures. bit more um and then even because even as far as features when you take a look like the leather it's not on the same level uh, ride build qual quality. Yeah, like the, you are paying for, I understand what you mean. Vehicles are expensive, but no, those are not luxury vehicles in spite of kind of masquerading as luxury in terms of features yeah. and, and, and yeah. some of the amenities. So a lot of those other, like those brands like Kia and Hyundai and even like Mazda, they are really trying to move up market. And so they're adjusting their prices, you know, just to make it a little bit more convincing. Um, but when you're buying something like a BMW or a Mercedes, you're paying extra for like the brand cachet. Absolutely. You know, you get to brag, oh, I got a new Mercedes, I got a new BMW. Um, so that's something you're paying for. Also, like the quality of the materials you'll yeah. get in something like a real luxury brand is much higher. It's crazy. I mean, if you take a look, um, Jody, not too long ago, you can go on the on the Auto Trader YouTube channel or autotrader.ca slash editorial. You reviewed that BMW X7 as well as the Telluride. Mm -hmm. So those are two, like in terms of size, um, they, they do the same job, let's say. Right. If you take a look, not even from a price perspective, but just take a look at the materials inside, right down to the door panels. Yeah, both the lower panels are, are made of plastic in both, but like 
the stuff in that BMW is just that much nicer yeah. than the stuff in the Kia. And even if you look at the seats, for example, right? They both had, well, the Kias had like brown leather, which looked really great, but those seats were rock hard. Yeah. And the ones in the BMW were like so comfortable and beautiful. Supple and, and yeah. adjust, like they're contoured and the adjustability is endless. Whereas, yeah, with the Kia, you are going to notice that you're paying for something that is less less premium yeah and so like this this is an interesting one because i also recently drove a bmw x1 yeah. and i noticed that it was around the same price ballpark as a as a honda crv hybrid and i know they don't compete with each other um and you they're not you don't get the same stuff but a lot of people were like oh why would you buy a honda crv hybrid when you could get a bmw x1 um and the reality is in the BMW X1, it's very rare that you would walk out of the, de the dealership paying the base price yeah. because you want all those upgrades, right? Yeah. And so- Nothing comes cheap with those brands either. That's the other thing that you're, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you're gonna look at it and the sticker price, you know, or the base MSRP, you're like, oh, that's not so far off. The other thing to consider is stuff like premium fuel. That X1 is gonna yeah. run on premium, whereas the CRV doesn't. Insurance, the, maintenance, stuff yeah, like that. Just, oh, maintenance is a crazy yeah. one. And like, that's why a lot of these premium brands have like these built-in maintenance plans. But once those expire, you are gonna notice a significant increase in the price of even just oil changes. Yeah. So, I mean, just as an example, and this is this is like a really stupid example, but my dad really just, he loves looking at weird cars to buy. So recently there was a, a Bentley that came up for sale, a used Bentley with a W12, and it was only 50 grand, which I, my dad was like, wow, what a great deal for a Bentley. But I'm like, dad, you will not be able to afford an oil change on that. That is just, <laughs> yeah, those cars, I mean, you have to have just like a bottomless pit yeah. of money for the ongoing maintenance. Um but yeah, anyways, I hope that helps address at least some of your question. I get it. Uh, vehicles are expensive. I think maybe that question needs to be posed to like Kia and Hyundai about like, what's going on with your prices, man? Because Even Honda. Honda's prices are like almost higher than everyone else's Yeah, right it's now. pretty wild. And, and it's just like affordability is, is becoming a, a bygone term. Um, but no, the, the, the short answer is... is BMW and Mercedes, you're still going to notice a, a significant improvement in quality and cachet and all of that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you, George and Mickey, for your questions today. If any of you have questions for Dan and I, you can email expert at trader.ca. Um, so thank you for joining us on this episode. Drive safe and we'll see you next time.